Today, my sisters and brothers, today we leave for a moment the slow and stately progress of ordinary time throughout the summer for an extraordinary celebration, for a family feast, if you will, the feast of the birth of John the Baptist, whom St. Luke tells us was Jesus' first cousin once removed. John was the son of Zechariah the priest and Elizabeth, his aged mother, who was a kinswoman to Mary, the mother of Jesus. Well beyond her childbearing years, Elizabeth conceived John, and that conception was assigned to Mary of the great works that God was working in her life as well. For the angel Gabriel reminded them both, nothing is impossible with God. And when Mary hastened to Elizabeth's side, we're told that the infant in Elizabeth's womb leapt for joy, leapt for joy at the presence of his Messiah, already quickening in Mary's body. Even before his birth, Luke tells us, John experienced the presence of God in the one he would later recognize and point out as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Two cousins, Luke tells us, John the elder by six months or so, John whose name means God is gracious, Jesus whose name means God saves us, Two cousins with a single destiny uniting the two of them. Both were born in human flesh to be prophets, to be truth-tellers, whatever the cost. And we know that their truth-telling cost each of them their lives. John is called the last and the greatest prophet of the Old Covenant, called from his earliest youth to proclaim a message of repentance, to turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, to go before the Lord in spirit and power, to turn the hearts of parents towards their children and children towards their parents, and the disobedient to an understanding of the righteous, to prepare a people fit for the Lord. John the Baptist is portrayed by artists as a wild man, a desert preacher who lived on locusts and wild honey and wearing a camel's hair robe. And that was John's preaching style, too. John thundered about our need to change our lives, to be cleansed, to be purified, to be baptized, to be made new. Yet this same John, when he caught sight of his kinsman Jesus, recognized and called out what he saw. Look, he says, look, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. 
I'm not worthy to unfasten the strap of his sandal. There beside the Jordan, John recognized Jesus as the prophet of the new and everlasting covenant. And as he reluctantly baptized Jesus, he heard the voice of God proclaim, this is my beloved son, listen to him. And what did John hear when he listened? He heard from Jesus a similar call to change of heart, similar to the one that he was preaching. But this time, a call tempered through and through with mercy, not with judgment, not with wrath. He heard a final and definitive word of revelation about the nature and the power and the justice of God. A God who will judge us not according to minute adherence to statutes, but by how often we fed the hungry or clothed the naked, made the exile and the immigrant at home, visited the imprisoned. From the mouth of John of Jesus, John heard a message of repentance, yes, but he heard more. He heard a message of inclusion, of care, of tenderness that becomes the new criterion for justice. Whatever you did for these, the least of my brothers and sisters, you did for me. How good it is how challenging it is to hear these prophetic voices in this fraught and precipitous moment in our nation's history. When many of our people and many of our leaders seem to have forgotten the fundamental law of humanity that's contained at the very heart of our Jewish tradition, of our heritage. To care for the widow and the orphan, to welcome the exile. For once our ancestors too were exiles in Egypt or in Philadelphia or in Nogales. As an infant, Jesus himself was taken into a strange land by his terrified parents in order to save his life. Does that sound familiar? And there they lived as refugees, as strangers in a strange land, sustained by their own labor, sustained by the generosity of their new neighbors. Now more than ever, we need to hear again the prophetic voices of John and of Jesus, now more than ever we need to find courage to speak with their voice, to speak prophetic and holy words, words of acceptance, not of rejection, words of welcome, not of exclusion, words of mercy, not of legal dogmatism. We need to hear 
And if we are to be faithful to Jesus, we need to act, to act in spirit and in truth. We need to hear again and to take to heart again John's call to repentance, to hear again and take to heart again Jesus' haunting reminder. Whatever you did not do for one of these, the least of my brothers and sisters, you did not do for me. There's a lot of work to be done, my friends. There's a lot of work to be done.